A new free-to-play game has placed their game behind a contractual firewall in the guise of safety. Plus, No Man's Sky continues making improvements six years after its disastrous launch. Tonight is October 9th, 2022, and the Bobby Blackman Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so love, you would say uh, even if... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game. I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. Incoming hogwash alert. Hashtag hogwash. Hello, everybody. It's just me. I'm alone tonight. That's not hogwash. We'll talk about why in a second. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, a Just Me edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on Twitch, thank you so much for being here. I will be uh, reading intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel. That is twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Uh, come join us. And uh, and be a part of us uh, when we are here. It is just me tonight, uh, but uh, and I'll explain why in a second. But we are a podcast, so if you want to join and uh, join in on the discussion and, and talk about things during the week, go over to fognetwork.com/slash/discord. That'll get you the invite into our Discord server, and we have a text chat channel for this show and Orange Lounge Radio and Anime Jam Session. The other show's here on the Voice Geeks Network, uh, and you can uh, chat with us during the week if you cannot be here live. Uh, so the reason I'm alone tonight is because uh, TwitchCon is is this weekend in San Diego. It's actually still going on right now. Uh, it cl- it ends at, uh, at 6 uh, Pacific, which is 9 Eastern. So there are still people at TwitchCon. Uh, I wanted to go this year. I I uh, this I actually wanted to go in 2020 uh, before everything happened. Like at, at the end of 2019, I was like, you know what? 2020 is going to be the year. I'm going to go to TwitchCon. I'm going to do And then obviously it didn't happen. Uh, but uh, I was going to go this year, but it would have actually been very irresponsible of me financially uh, to go because of everything else. But hopefully next year. Uh, if there is still a Twitch, uh, hopefully next year there, uh, I will, I will be able to make it out to TwitchCon because, uh, Rob from Orange Sounds Radio and Jamie from Orange Sounds Radio are out there, uh, having a good old time. And, uh, and, and there, there have been things that have been announced there. One of the things that, uh, is of note for our live audience, and I apologize to the podcast audience for this, is that, uh, there is a, a feature that they announced uh, for Twitch called Guest Star. And uh, th- this is more about us taking calls uh, is what this is about. But Guest Star allows you to bring in somebody from Twitch onto your stream. Uh, I, I kind of feel bad because we were in the beta for it. Like we were selected as a beta channel for Guest Star. We still have Guest Star on our account. Uh, so that's what it's called. And essentially what it is is that there is a web app that you as a viewer can share your microphone and your camera, and then we can bring you into our scene. We can bring you into the podcast. I didn't do it because I had thought it was kind of using like Twitch magic or something, kind of like the squad stream and stuff. And like, well, we'd save our 
video and we save our audio out separately from Twitch independently and it wouldn't work. Turns out, no, that's not the case. It actually would work with our, our OBS stuff. So uh, we're not using it yet, but that may be a way we take calls instead of just using the Discord. Um, and uh, Dark Desia says, seems like a cool idea, although I didn't see anything on it over Twitter. Uh, they announced it, it, it that it's going, I think, next month. It's going to be hitting everybody. Uh, they announced it in the keynote. Uh, but we've actually had the feature for like two months and we haven't used it. Uh, and that's more just because I didn't really look into it more. Um, but that may be a way we start taking calls more than the Discord stuff because it seems that people are – we don't get that many calls over Discord. Uh, a lot of people uh, – we used to have a Skype number that people you would use calling. I even – we even both even had toll-free numbers back in those days. That's how long we've been around. Um, and once we got rid of that, people stopped calling in because it was a little bit of a hassle – we want you to go into the green room uh, voice chat channel, and then we pull you into another Discord room, and then, you know, all that stuff. So, um, and, and so it's, it's an interesting, uh, in, in interesting development. And I, I have actually set it up, but it's more like my audio setup. It wouldn't work too well with, which is why I'm not doing it uh, tonight, uh, not turning it on tonight. Um, but, uh, but we, we will be looking into that as a way for people can, who can call in, uh, and, and stuff. So, uh, it's coming, uh, to everybody, I think like next month or the month after, which means probably three to four months really. Uh, but, but we already have it and I could turn it on if I really wanted to. Um, I just haven't. So, and, uh, DJ Ramas says that for other people, Streamlabs have this feature built in, uh, and StreamYard, which is another thing, allows you to do it too if you use them. And the reason we don't use, and I know this is getting a little inside baseball, the reason we don't use StreamYard is because we can't do our custom, uh, effects that we have on our, uh, uh that, that we do, uh, on, on Twitch. So for those in the podcast feed, I actually have like a list of all the, the headlines and I've got a ticker at the bottom that has like recent news and, and stuff like that. And StreamYard, you're going to use what StreamYard provides and they don't provide anything like this. I wrote a lot, all this from scratch. Um, and, and so we couldn't use it with StreamYard, which is why we, we at Vogue don't use StreamYard, but for people who don't want all this, uh, StreamYard is actually great. Uh, I know DragonCon uses it. The DragonCon Digital Media Track uses it for a lot of things, and they use it really. There's a lot of great things about StreamYard. Um, and StreamYard also facilitates restreaming if you're not in, under a contract, like an affiliate contract at Twitch, uh, where you are required to be exclusive to Twitch for 24 hours, any content you put on Twitch. Um, it allows you to like restream to Twitch and YouTube and Facebook, and it merges all the chat rooms together, and StreamYard's actually pretty cool. But uh, we, we painted ourselves into a corner because we wanted to be unique. And you can't really be unique with StreamYard. Anyway, uh, so that's that's one of the things that was announced at Twitch uh, TwitchCon. Uh, something else to keep an eye on about TwitchCon. And this is not about any uh, um, incident. Uh, this is not about anything they announced. This is not, not about the Twitch platform. But I, I know for a lot of conventions, we've made fun of uh, DashCon for the ball pit, right? So you've heard all those. Um, so they had a ball pit at, at TwitchCon. It was really a foam block pit, but um, and they invited some of their top streamers to to jump in the foam pit. And um, unfortunately, uh, whoever set it up set it up wrong because uh, they they put it on top of concrete. And yes, there are foam blocks, but it doesn't really um, protect you. 
And there has been one prominent streamer that uh, is actually going to have like two surgeries and uh, basically blew out her back uh, jumping into the ball pit. And a couple other people were also injured jumping into this foam pit. Uh, there's video of it. Uh, I'm not showing it and or anything, and I'm not naming who's who's involved. But um, yeah, uh, don't don't jump into a foam pit at a convention. Uh, and uh, yeah, and SJ Matt says lawsuit absolutely. And I understand that they may have signed liability waivers, but liability waivers don't protect you if there's negligence involved. And I think there was uh, negligence in setting up whatever pit they were using. And, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, and Questbo said she had to go in for a surgery to get a rod put in. Yes, and it's, uh, that costs a lot of money, if uh, depending on your insurance. So, uh, yeah, so we're probably going to hear more about the foam pit from TwitchCon, and it's going to be the new ball pit uh, like it was at DashCon. Um, you get an extra hour in the ball pit, if you remember that me- uh, meme from years ago. Um, but, uh, this one actually has some very serious consequences for streamers and for, uh, Twitch and whoever put together the foam pit and that convention company and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not, not good. Tiger Claw posted a link in chat, uh, and you can find this on, on Twitter and stuff. So, uh, hoping for a speedy recovery, but I know it's going to be a very painful recovery for that Twitch streamer. Uh, and, and for others, like apparently she was not the only one to injure herself in this foam pit and they were streaming it on Twitch and even had commentators on Twitch and like, Oh, she's okay. She's okay. And, and like, she's like, I can't move. And like, Oh, do we need to get a medic? Do we need to get a medic? Yeah. You need to get a medic. It was, um, yeah. And Chewy240 says, StreamYard will allow multiple attorneys to discuss her case simultaneously. Thank you. Have my soundboard. Anyway. Because I don't use the soundboard all that much on the show because we're serious here. We're super serious. Anyway, uh, so hopefully, uh, as long as you didn't go into the foam pit, I hope that uh, you had, uh, if you did go to TwitchCon, I hope it was great. Um, I hope uh, that you got to meet people that you wanted to meet. I hope you got to make some new connections. There was some really neat stuff. Uh, and, and Rob and Jamie, I'm sure, are going to talk all about it uh, next week uh, on Orange Lounge Radio, and it's going to be great. So, uh, serious show. Uh, let's talk about what came out this week. So I want to share with you, um, it, it was a great week because like New York Comic Con was this week and, and TwitchCon was this week. So a lot of great trailers uh, ha- have come out. And I, I want to highlight uh, trailers. The best trailer I've seen this week. And I, I, first I want to talk about the honorable mention, which was a movie trailer. Uh, I don't normally don't go for Christmas movies, but there is a trailer with uh, David Harbour uh, playing Santa Claus. And uh, and and owning, uh, poning a whole lot of people. It's called Violent Night, and you should look up the trailer. That is not the trailer I am playing here tonight, but that is an honorable mention. That is not the best trailer I have seen this week. And what I'm actually going to do is I am actually going to play this trailer here on the show. Now, what is being shown on the screen is not important. What is important is what you hear. That is the important part of what I am about to play for you. Uh, So sit back, relax, and I am actually going to have the audio up for this one, and hopefully we won't get DMCA'd. And uh, hopefully you will be as thoroughly touched as I was. Do you ever find yourself thinking... 
I wish I had a jetpack. Rocket belt. Have you ever felt like a bird, man? What a flyway. Maybe late one night you imagined shooting missiles from a gyrocopter at a giant robot. That's oddly specific. Hey, we've all been there. is landing soon and when it arrives you'll be able to do all that and more pilot wing 64 comes october 13th to nintendo switch online expansion pack that is the best player and on and the the the, the video was just Pilot Wing 64 from the Nintendo 64. It wasn't any. That's why I said you didn't really need to know what the video was uh, or what it was was showing. All you needed to hear was that. And yes, that is on the official Nintendo YouTube. That was Nintendo putting that out. That was not a fan trailer. That was Nintendo uh, putting it out and uh, embracing the meme culture out there. So, so yes. And uh, that's Jay Warner Matt says, not what I expected. DJ Ron says, I think I know that voice. I, I wouldn't be surprised. DJ Ron knows everybody. If I need to know somebody, I go like, Rama, do you know this person? Rama's like, yes, of course. Let me introduce you. It's great. Uh, Jay Warner Matt says, I never played Pilot Wing 64. It was never available when I tried to rent it. Remember that? Remember those days of renting games? I remember those days. Uh, Tiger Claw says Pilot, six, Pilot Wing 64 was my first N64 game. Very difficult game, I might add. Yes, I mean, that that's what Pilot Wings was known for. It was not my first uh, N64 game. Um, mine, I actually, well, so well, we can talk like tangent time. What was your first N64 game? Because I'm trying to remember. I do remember I rented a Nintendo 64 with Super Mario 64 when it had come out because I couldn't afford to actually buy it at the time. I was in college, and uh, uh, so I rented it and had Super Mario 64, and then I basically played a lot of Super Mario 64. So when I finally got an N64, which involved convincing my parents to buy me an N64, uh, I was like, I'm already Mario'd out. So I actually do not own and have never owned Super Mario 64 on the Nintendo 64. I've got it for, like, the DS. I've got that version, uh, and I've now got the Switch compilation. Uh, but my first game, it was Mario Kart. Mario Kart 64 was the first game I bought for uh, my Nintendo 64, and I basically gotten them at the same time, and then I I rented a bunch of games from there. But yeah, E3VL even says mine was Mario Kart. Yeah, Mario Kart is what got me to finally say, okay, now I'm going to get an N64, because Super Mario 64 didn't really do it for me at the time, and uh, probably because I played it too much because it was the only thing to play, and um, I was like, all right, I'm Mario'd out. So... Uh, so yeah, so th- that trailer, it, it's great. It's on the Nintendo YouTube and, but you've heard the best part. Uh, so, so, uh, there you go. So if you have the expansion pass, which I don't, uh, you can now try, uh, Pilot Wing 64, even if it is no longer available at your rental store. Tiger says, my first two games were Pilot Wing 64 and Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. That was one of my, one of the other friends, uh, in, in the dorm, uh, they had Shadows of the Empire. And so I remember playing that on there. So I had the Mario Kart room, and they had the Star Wars room. Uh, so we had different cartridges. Uh, and then Goldeneye came years later, and and then then it was all over. 
uh, Esther and Matt brought a Blast Core. I remember renting Blast Core because, like, there was a time like there was like a trickle of a Nintendo sixty four game. So I'm like, I rented every single Nintendo sixty four game that came out because I had an N sixty four at that time, and I think like Blast Core was like the first new game that had come out after this stuff. I don't know. It it was very early on in the N sixty four life cycle. So was War Gods. I want to say that was another game that was very early on in the N sixty four life. Tireclaw says, I remember how blown away we were with the graphics on Shadows of the Empire. The Hoth level was quite amazing on the N64 at the time. A lot of this stuff on the N64 was really amazing. And it's kind of interesting that you look back and you think, wow, this, you know, you remember it looking amazing. And then you look at it now and you're like, why did I think this looked amazing? You're what you wonder, like, what was wrong with me? And I'll tell you what was wrong with you is that you didn't have high-definition televisions and monitors and LCD screens uh, at, you know, 80, you know, 80 inches or whatever. Uh, you didn't have all that. You had a CRT uh, at 480i, and sometimes even 240i is really the resolution that it was at, uh, and a CRT where it blurred the pixels together and that's what you had. And so, yes, everything actually looks better in that context. When you look at the raw pixels nowadays on very sharp screens, uh, yeah, it doesn't look as good. But when you first saw it, it was blurry. It was it was blended together. And they actually built to those strengths. A lot of the artists and animators, and this even goes back to like the sprite days of the 16-bit and 8-bit, they counted on the fact that your TV would blend things together uh, and, and and do the whole scan lines and stuff like that And because your brain then fills in the missing uh, data. And so everything looks better. Now you're, it's all there. Your brain doesn't fill anything in. And you're like, how did I like this? Fifth Dream says the Dreamcast looked better. It did. The Dreamcast absolutely did look better. I think the Dreamcast looked better than the PlayStation 2 as well, but that's not what people cared about. Esther and Matt says, I wish I kept a CRT and a VCR when I moved out of the home. I've thankfully been able to get v- VCRs. I actually, like, I'm, uh, as I've talked about before, my mom passed away a couple months ago, and so I've been going through the house, and, like, there are working VCRs there, and those I'm not junking. I'm like, all right, I have, like, six or seven VCRs because I've already had one VCR that I rescued from their break uh so and i'm like instead of trying to fix it i'm just like all right next vcr up let's go um and i was able to rescue a crt from there so i have a crt but it's uh the tube is not doing too well uh so it's it's kind of on its last legs and uh essentially like if you keep the tv on a lot the crt uh or like after you've kept it on for a bit it starts the picture starts shrinking and you have to do some percussive maintenance to get it to come back up, which is essentially slang for hitting it on the side. Uh, and I think it's because I like some loose solder or stuff. But uh, I'm not a, a qualified electrician, and I don't want to deal with uh, taking apart the CRT because you can, like, really seriously injure yourself trying to work on those. So uh, I want to get, like, I, I go to, I am so jealous. I go to, I went to, like, Games Done Quick. Uh, but I also go to like, you know, Momocon. I'm going to be going to DreamHack in Atlanta next month. And I'm going to go and see where they're doing all like the, the Smash Brothers Melee tournaments. And they're going to have these beautiful 28-inch CRT TVs that are crisp, uh, but still do the, the CRT blending and stuff. But have like S-video inputs and, and all this stuff. And yes, they're heavy, 
But I'm like, man, I wish I could just have one. And they've got like 30 here. And I just want one. I just want one. Uh, and then I can replace the CRT I have and figure out how to how to safely dispose of it. Um, and, and I just want one. I just want one CRT that's not 32 inches. I'm looking at like 26, 28 inches. Uh, and, and I can replace the CRT that I re- rescued from my parents' house. Because I had a 32-inch Trinitron at my old house, but it got zapped by lightning. It worked, but not really. And so we actually got rid of it when we moved here. It was part of our my downsizing. The Fifth Dream, uh, Fifth Dream says the first TV manufacturer to emulate scan lines as an option on a 4K TV is going to win everything. Uh, it's the problem is not just the scan lines, especially if you ask anybody that's in the melee Smash Brothers melee scene. It's not just the scan lines, but it's also the latency. There is no latency on a CRT TV. There is on a modern TV because they're either upscaling or doing some other picture management, and those take milliseconds. And so instead of getting instant instantaneous feedback, you've got to w- it's a couple milliseconds behind. And in, in some some places in, in fighting games, especially uh, that's that's huge uh, and rhythm games as well. So anyway, I want a CRT. If you're in the Atlanta area and you have like one of these nice CRTs that that I'm talking about. And, and yes, I understand they're heavy. I, I completely understand that. Hit me up. S. Jared Matt says, we had a 60-inch Mitsubishi CRT TV that still worked that my dad sold a few years ago when he sold our house. Really wish I could have kept up with it, but it was simply no way. Thankfully, the person who bought it was a gamer and will put it to good use. Uh, that's great. Um, I unfortunately junked mine, my, my 32-inch Trinitron, uh, because it was broken. And they stopped making, uh, I think the last CRT TV was actually made in like 2009. And people ask every once in a while, like, why don't they still make CRT TVs? And it's because the the factories don't exist anymore, and there's not a big enough market to spin up a factory. Like, even a, a do-it-yourselfer, a home brewer, you know, it, it just does. The parts don't exist anymore, and that's why nobody makes them. I I, I hate it when I'm like sitting there on the on the CRT TV down there, and, and the picture just starts going up and up and up and up and up, and then eventually it gets so bad and it does that, it's like, all right, just turn it off, and then like if, if I have it off for a while and then turn it back on, then it's fine. But uh, I really like a good TV. I wonder if one of these conventions will be like, we don't want to take all these home, so here, you buy one of these from us. Then you try to get it home. Then I'll be like, great. How am I going to get this home? Anyway, how about games that came out this this year instead of, of 30 years ago? Uh, this actually happened a little bit last last week, but there was a new development in this, this week. But I'm going to talk about Overwatch 2. Now, I have never played Overwatch uh never played i've watched people play overwatch i've watched twitch streams that have overwatch it's uh, and and those are a lot of fun but overwatch 2 it's a free to play game so what i'm going to talk about isn't going to stop me from playing it i fully you know everything's going to be fine if i really wanted to play it but there's a lot of people that get locked out of this uh and some people have are they're unlocking some people but not others TechRadar reports that Overwatch 2 will no longer require existing Overwatch players to cough up a phone number as Blizzard rolls back the controversial anti-cheat system. All Overwatch 2 players were originally required to link an active phone number to their Battle.net account in order to play the hero shooter. Blizzard hoped the SMS Protect authentication system would help users verify their accounts and prevent disruptive and abusive players from returning to the game after being banned. 
Blizzard said in a forum post announcing uh, the end of the system, quote, we have made the decision to remove phone number requirements for a majority of existing Overwatch players, unquote. Uh, and E3VL even says, uh, I downloaded yesterday, no phone number required owned Overwatch 1. You're one of the ones exempt from this now. Uh, quote, any Overwatch player with a connected Battle.net account, which includes all players who have played since June 9th, 2021, will not have to provide a phone number to play. We are working to make this change and expect it to go live on Friday, October 7th, unquote, which was two days ago. Uh, but the policy change will not benefit everyone. Blizzard says, quote, accounts that were not connected to Battle.net, as well as new accounts, will have to meet SMS protect requirements, unquote. And uh, Tackerclaw says that's good because not everyone wants to have a phone number, some phone under contract when it's easier to use a prepaid. And that's the issue here. Um, so uh, several types of phone numbers, including those linked to prepaid SIM cards and voice over IP phones, can't be used for authentication, locking many would-be players out of the sequel. Uh, even those who purchased the original Overwatch, which was replaced by the free-to-play sequel and is no longer accessible, originally found themselves unable to play Overwatch 2 if they didn't have a phone number of the right type. Similarly, many who've bought the game's Watchpoint pack ahead of its launch found they couldn't access the game to enjoy the $40 starter bundle. Blizzard's revamped SMS protect policy will go, uh, will go some way to alleviate these problems, but new players still won't have such luck. Those joining Overwatch for the first time will be unable to access the game if they have a prepaid SIM card or no phone number at all. So this particularly hampered low-income players. Prepaid phones are typically more affordable than alternative options, leaving those who are unable to splash out on an expensive contract unable to play the game. Uh, one Overwatch fan said on Reddit, quote, I'm really upset and oddly ashamed for not meeting this standard. Never thought I would be disqualified from playing Overwatch based on my ability to afford a phone contract, but here we are. Blizzard is the first company to make me feel too poor to play a game, unquote. Younger players, too, who may not own a phone of their own but reach the ESRB teen and Peggy 12 maturity rating will continue to be locked out of the game while households who share a single phone number will be unable to create multiple accounts. Blizzard says the phone number authentication system will help combat disruptive behavior while discouraging smurfing, whereby veteran players create new accounts to deliberately play against inexperienced players. In the short term, however, it's continuing to roll out stability fixes for the long queues and crashes that have plagued Overwatch 2 since launch. Podculture said, uh, yep, I, it, it was a pain getting mine taken care of. My old number was on my Blizzard account. Uh, SGR and Amaz trying to get their Battle.net uh, password reset Kind of at his wits end at it. Um, and Fitzream says, man, I remember having to use physical Blizzard authenticators to play WoW and Diablo. And that's the thing. So Fitzream's kind of touching on something I want to talk about. This isn't about protecting your account. Because one of the worst ways to protect an account, honestly, is by using SMS texts. Uh, using an authenticator app, like uh, Google Authenticator, or I personally use Authy, A-U-T-H-Y. Uh, I personally use Authy. Uh, that is actually more secure than using SMS texting. So this isn't about protecting your account because I think you you still have to have or you still can have one of those authenticator apps. It's just now you are forced to have it linked to a cell phone on an, a contract. And it has to be a cell phone. Can't be a home phone. Can't be a landline. Um, and there are, you can probably say, well, you know, Blizzard did say, don't you people have phones? And they're taking it seriously. 
what you got to realize is that there's a lot of people that use voice over IP for their phone line. My wife does. Um, she actually uses Google Voice as her primary phone number. It wouldn't. She wouldn't be able to log in to Overwatch. It would say, no, you, you can't use a Google Voice number with this. Even though she can receive texts, SMS texts, through that Google Voice number, it's a VoIP number. They don't allow it. Now, she has a regular cell phone number under contract that that Google Voice number then feeds into, so she would have to use that number, but that is not her primary cell phone number. Uh, it locks her out, but also, you know, kids may have a device that is a phone but does not actually have a contract. And so they're not paying the monthly fee for a cell phone for some kids. Uh, I understand that some, you know, some kids do and some teenagers do and stuff like that, but they may not have that. And, you know, maybe the parent has the phone. And if the, what if, but if now we're getting to the age where there are parents who have teenagers and maybe the parents want to play Overwatch as well. And, you know, they want to have an account for their teenager. Well, they can't unless they buy their teenager a, a, a cell phone. And for a free-to-play game, this kind of means it's not free-to-play. It's, it's the cost of a, a cell phone contract, a phone contract, because even the prepaid SIM cards, they don't work. And the reason uh, Blizzard would say, well, we don't want that is because they don't want one of these veteran players going over and buying a throwaway phone uh, you know, buying a phone, you know, over at the grocery store that has a prepaid SIM card, use it just to get the text and then go in and do exactly what they're doing. That's what Blizzard's going to say. They're trying to think of the inexperienced players. They're trying to think of the people like me. And E3VL says they just need two-factor authentication. They already have two-factor authentication. This is not about protecting your account. This, and a lot of people are like, why don't they just use that? This is not about protecting your account. This is about protecting them. This is about protecting Blizzard. This is about protecting the other players, inexperienced players, um, or, or even just regular players, because now if they ban you from Overwatch, you can't get a new account unless you get a new cell phone number. And they want to make it harder for people who have been a jerk on their free-to-play game to be able to make another account. Unfortunately, there's a lot of collateral damage with people who... And, and I, I understand there's probably somebody out there going, well, if they can't afford a phone, a cell phone contract, why do they have a console that can play Overwatch or a PC that can play Overwatch? And it's because those are one-time purchases. And also, you don't know where they got those. They might have been from a family member, like the console or, uh, or, or you know, a PC. Like, you know, maybe they have a family member who you know, is able to, you know, upgrade their own PC so they have their old gaming PC and they give it to their friend who's low income to, you know, give them a little bit of entertainment, give them a little bit of happiness in their life so they can get away from the fact that they are struggling, financially struggling. Um, and so, but a phone, cell phone contract is a recurring monthly payment. And if you don't know if you can pay all the bills in a certain month, you don't want a monthly payment hanging over your head that, that, can all possibly have creditors coming after you and then they can garnish more of your wages. So uh, that's why, like, you know, the cell phone contract is an issue for low-income people. 
So S. Sherwin Amat says, uh, I've been trying to reset my password. He's been posting about this. This is kind of, this is, I feel bad for you, Matt, but I, I want to read this. Uh, I've been trying to reset my password because I've forgotten it. It pushes me to reset it through my authenticator app, which I can't access because it requires a password. I've been booted, put it out of you, uh, the app because of a lot, not a lot of use. Uh, and uh, I, I opened a ticket through Blizzard, and they asked me for either a photo of my driver's license, which I'm not crazy about, or I have to answer a various amount of questions, questions that include my name, birthday, and address, which is whatever. But they also asked me what my WoW character's name was, creation date, uh, race, and last gold purchase. I haven't used my WoW account in 14 years, so I have no idea what that info is. And, uh, and he, he said, my company where, and where my 401k is asked for fewer details than Blizzard does when I have to reset anything. Um, and I'd rather pet my dog instead of all that nonsense. I have seen SSJ 100 Matt's dog. I would also rather pet SSJ 100 Matt's dog than deal with all that. And ZenMonkey11 says, I have a cell, but I never use it for online apps and games. I use my Google Voice to handle all the spam call ads that come when you use your phone on all those sites. You wouldn't be able to use it for Overwatch 2. They would be like, nope, that doesn't, you can't use your Google Voice number for this. Fifth Room says, like locking doors, burglar alarms, passwords, we have to spend a lot of time on a lot of crap every day because other people are jerks. Uh, DJ Rama S wants to point out, because I have been you know, saying, oh, prepaid SIM cards don't work. DJ Rama S wants to say some prepaid phone providers do work. Metro by T-Mobile and Boost Mobile, which I believe that's the Ryan Reynolds owned one, right? That's Boost, I think. Um. They apparently do work, and you can use those for uh, for for Overwatch too. So if you are is Mint, I'm sorry, Mint Mobile is Ryan Reynolds. I apologize. I apologize to you, Ryan. Um, I, I apologize. Boost Mobile. They have the commercials with the smiling emojis, and it's really creepy. Anyway, um, the the uh, th those Boost Mobile and and Metro by T-Mobile work with Overwatch too. So if you are in this position. Uh, the, the, that's where you'd need to get a prepaid phone card from. And DJ Ramos says, no, it's cricket with the emojis. You know what? I'm just going to give up. I'm just, I'm just going to give up. Where's, where's, where's the exit music? Where's the exit music? All right. There's that. That's it. That's going to be in the show. Cause I can't, uh, I can't get my mobile carrier anyway. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm going to talk, stop talking about cell phone providers cause I don't know what they are. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So anyway, Let's move on. Overwatch 2. Uh, hopefully you can play it. And hopefully you can get your account and then you can actually play it because there's lots of cues uh, in, in there. Uh, so let's go ahead and go into the drinking game uh, for just a little bit because this came across. This came across on our Discord server over at fognetwork.com slash Discord. PlayStation VR 2. Uh, it's, uh, it's in mass production now. So Video Games Chronicle reports that Sony plans to release 2 million PlayStation VR 2 headsets during the new headsets launch period, it's been claimed. Bloomberg reports that the manufacturer plans to have 2 million units ready by March of 2023, suggesting it expects PSVR 2 to sell faster than its predecessor. By comparison, the original PlayStation VR, which was released in October of 2016, took seven months to sell 1 million units. Although VR2 has yet to receive an official release date, Sony has said it will launch in early 2023. According to Bloomberg source, mass production of PlayStation VR2 headsets started last month and has reportedly not yet been affected by supply chain constraints. It's reportedly planned that the ongoing shortage of PS5 consoles is expected to be somewhat improved by early 2023, with Sony hoping that the PlayStation VR2 release will spur on the sales of both the headset and the console. 
Sony said earlier this year that it will have more than 20 games ready for the launch of PlayStation VR 2. Uh, Jim Ryan said, quote, right now there's a considerable amount of money being spent on partnerships with independent and other third-party developers to secure a considerable pipeline of attractive VR content at the launch of PlayStation VR 2, unquote. Uh, they also continue, uh, quote, that energy, that effort, and that money will continue to grow as the install base of PlayStation VR 2 headsets grows also, unquote. And uh, somebody else posted uh, rumors and sources, like the source was literally like the leak dot com or something like that and um they uh uh in and there there is rumors and rumors and sources uh that half-life alex is one of those titles it's not going to be a launch title but uh that half-life alex will be coming to playstation vr 2 uh which would be cool if that happens uh i said uh many many years ago or a while or i think probably last year because uh, the receipts showed up uh, that there were some uh, somebody in our discord asked, you know, Hey, half-life two coming to PlayStation VR two. I think this was when it was announced. And I said, doubtful. And they're like, ha ha, you were wrong. You were wrong. And I'm not wrong yet because it hasn't been confirmed. Pod culture says they don't need to spur the console. They, it's still hard to even get one. Well, that's what they're hoping is that by early 2023, it will not be as hard to get a PlayStation five as it is right now. And S Jared and Matt does say, the price point is going to be key. They didn't talk about a price. They did not mention a price in this at all. And that's because it's going to be expensive and people are going to hate it. Um, I'm expecting it to be 500 to $600 for just the PlayStation VR 2 headset. Um, it's specced kind of close to like the Valve Index. And the Valve Index is $1,000 for everything. So, um, so I don't know... Uh, where it's going to, I don't think it's going to be a thousand dollars, but it's not going to be the 200 or $300 that the PlayStation VR one was or what the meta quest two is, which I think is now 300, I think, or 400. It like, it, it jumped up price. I still didn't get one. Uh, Zen monkey 11 says, where is the meta quest three news? I haven't looked it up. 599 us dollars, 499 us dollars. That's everybody's taking bets. It's like the price is right. Um, Three hundred ninety nine. Do I do I hear six hundred ninety nine? Do I, does anybody have six hundred ninety nine dollars? No. So, uh, but I'm I'm. It's going to be interesting to see everybody's reaction when the price comes out because I think it's going to be more than people want to pay, and it might even be more than the PlayStation Five console itself. So, a game that you don't need VR to play, but you can play in VR. Uh, is No Man's Sky. And, um, you know, everybody made fun of this game six years ago when it came out. Well, guess what? They didn't care uh, because they have continued uh, making updates to the game, and it just released on Nintendo Switch, and they added an update for me because I honestly have not opened No Man's Sky since, I think, two or three updates ago when they added, like, all the... the when they overhauled the combat and added more combat and pirate raids and stuff like that. Well... Uh, good news, everyone. Uh, there's a new update. So, uh, Polygon reports that No Man's Sky gets a major new update alongside its launch on Nintendo Switch on Friday. The update called Waypoint brings the game to version 4.0 and conducts a sweeping overhaul of the game's balance and structure, although it doesn't add much new content. Developer Hello Games said Waypoint is designed to help new and returning players make a sense of the game that had 21 major updates in the six years since it initially launched and to give Switch players a more pick-up-and-play experience. It also has a focus on quality-of-life improvements for the dedicated No Man's Sky community. 
There's a new relaxed mode that aims for a streamlined, faster, and less grindy way to see the sights and the features of this vast space exploration game. Custom game modes allow survival, crafting, combat controls, and accessibility settings to be adjusted for each player's play style. Long-term players will benefit from an overhauled inventory system that greatly increases level caps for ships, weapons, and players, as well as a new milestone system, new collectibles, and improved mission content. Um, so they say that, and Questbuster in chat says you can really customize your experience to make your own god mode, but I want to say, and I got to also say, I have not had the chance to play this yet. I have not had the chance to open this up. Uh, life is still kind of interestingly crazy for me right now, so uh, I have not been able to do that. But uh, Questbuster did post on our Discord because I was like, oh my god, they got relax mode, which is Bobby Blackwolf mode, and like I can turn down uh, stuff, uh, turn turn down the combat. Uh, but Questbuster said the only thing upsetting for some about the update I've seen so far is that if you min max your ships and character with tech in your inventory, it was a uh, it was a thing for years when he first started out. He had his tech in his inventory and thought that's where it should have been uh, before using the tech tab for even more upgrades. The new update kills that, so quite a few players suddenly found packaged upgrades in their inventory, or worse, they just lost those upgrades. I had my elemental shield upgrades in one of my inventory tabs because I ran out of space on my tech tab, where uh, which are all now packages. And packaged upgrades are a new thing allowing you to actually gasp, move upgrades from inventory to inventory, mini tool to mini tool, etc. Fortunately, my generic Enviro shield was good enough, but I miss how it was before. As for ships, my freighter suddenly went from being able to leap 1,000 light years in any direction to around 200 because I had a ton of hyperdrive upgrades in its inventory, which are now all packaged. So I had to reshuffle a few things there. Um, I'm not overly fond of this change, but I get it. I've also seen a lot of upset posts from players that spent hundreds of hours or more in the game than I ever did, meticulously min-maxing builds in this way for years, only to suddenly find out it's not a thing anymore. Uh, but the other quality of life changes were great, though, like customizable difficulty, and suddenly the storage units I had in my freighter doubled in space. The hoarder in me loves that. Um, and uh, Fifth Dream says there's even more, this stuff even more Poppy Black Wolf mode than that. You can just turn off damage and money. No materials or fuel. This is amazing. This is amazing. Uh, SJ Nomad says Sentinels will give you a gentle handshake and a hello. That, that'd be nice. Um... Questbuster said, I started up the game with the upgrade, celebrated the huge inventory, and then realized I no longer had elemental shields. Dark Tetsia says, uh, we're planning on getting it on Switch, although we're going to wait until they put in co-op. Uh, Zenmug11 says, can I fly a dragon in space yet? That's the only update I'm waiting for. They have living ships. So, you know, if you call your ship a dragon, maybe. Questbuster says, hug your neighborhood sentinels. See, I mean... The only time I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm root for the Sentinels is when Rob Roberts is on Twitch and he shoots an animal because, you know, don't shoot the animals. Fifth Dream says, I can fly on my pet pink butterfly now. You see, you there are flying mounts. Like, you, you, get, you can get creatures and you can ride the creatures and some of them fly. They don't fly fast, but they do fly or you can ride and, and stuff like that. We are going to take a very quick music break and then uh, we will come back for... Uh, uh, we will come back and, and talk about things, and maybe somebody wants to call in. Uh, go over to the—we're uh, not using a guest star yet, uh, but if you go over to the Green Room voice chat channel, 
uh, you can uh, jump in and, and maybe we can talk about something going on that I didn't talk about in the gaming industry. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show and the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Hey, this is Obi-Wan Jabroni, and I'm not beating up Jar Jar Binks. I'm listening to the Bobby Blackwell Show right here on vognetwork.com. And oh yeah, one more thing, hogwash. Thank you, Obi-Wan Jabroni. That was actually not the bumper I had planned, but I have two from Obi-Wan Jabroni, and they're both great, so they're both in rotation, but that was going to be the uh, <clears throat> one where he was Mario, and uh, because I was going to make a joke about the, the new Mario voice, because um, that also came out this week, and you know I know I faked everybody out about not wanting to talk about it, but uh, no, that, that was not the new Mario voice. Now, I, I will talk a little bit about the Mario trailer. Uh, if you want to leave a bumper, you do not have to be, you know, talking about Jar Jar Binks or, or Mario trailer. Uh, all you got to do is send me an audio file or a video file with just your voice. I will choose the DMCA violation to risk behind it uh, and uh, about coming back to the Bobby Blackwell show. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, the, the Mario, the Super Mario movie, uh, the trailer's out. There was a Nintendo Direct. Uh, people have feelings uh, about it. Um I will say the positives is that the animation looks really good. Like I, I, I am. It's sad knowing that the animators are probably not being fairly compensated financially for what they're doing because they're doing a fantastic job. Uh, and I know that you know. I, I hope that they are actually getting compensated very well, but I am pretty sure they probably aren't because that's how that industry works, unfortunately. Um, you know, and, and, but they've gotten like the, the, the animation down pat, they've gotten the, the, the feel, the vibe down pat. Um, and, and the movie does not look that bad, honestly. It just depends on if I'm going to get inundated with every single news story and video clip over the next, you know, couple months of like every little spoiler and leak and every little tidbit of nugget of information, which is usually what turns me off from some of these movies. But because, uh, like, by the time the movie comes out, I'm like, I've already spent way too much time seeing about this movie. I've already seen it all. Now, um, and some of the voice acting, because I know that's what everybody wants to talk about. Like, Jack Black, perfect. Love it. Uh, I think it's Keegan-Michael Key that's doing Toad. Perfect. Love it. Um, Chris Pratt uh, sounds like he, he, he had a gun to his head and Jack Black was holding the gun. But uh, it, it, it did not... The voice did not look like, sound like what we would expect from the Mario character. And I'm not saying that, uh, it, it just, it sounded like Chris Pratt. And uh, it's, the the thing that got me about it is that because Mario has been around for so long and has been voiced by so many different people, uh, Charles Martinet is not the OG. Like Charles, I think I even went through this like at one point and was like, Charles Martinet is like the fourth person to ever voice Mario. Peter Cullen was the original Mario back in like the nineteen like nineteen eighty one cartoon back back in those days, and it was like Donkey Kong was the main character and Mario was a side character, but Peter Cullen voiced voiced Mario, so he's the OG. And you know you had Captain Lou Albano, and then you had someone else that that did some of the cartoons, and then Charles Martinet showed up in the early nineties. So I uh and I, I made this point when it was announced about Chris Pratt doing Mario, uh, is that and, and a lot of people just don't like 
Chris Pratt as a person. Like, they don't mind somebody else doing it. Because I understand Charles Martinet's voice is iconic Mario now. That's the Mario we've had since literally the pinball game in 1992. That was actually the first thing he voiced was the Gottlieb pinball machine in 1992. That's the first time the Mario voice was there. Uh, the first time it appeared in a game, I think it was like 1993 or something like that. But uh, I don't want to listen to Charles Martinet's Mario for two hours. Like that voice, it's great for short clips, short quips while you're playing, uh, stuff like that. But I wouldn't want to listen to his voice for all that time. But all those other voice actors, Peter Cullen, Captain Lou Albano, and, and, and the other people that have voiced Mario, all at least gave him an Italian accent. And uh, Questbuster says, I don't hate Pratt as Mario. I'll still watch it. But hearing Mario's voice actor in other languages was pretty interesting. Um, and S. Man says, I think if it was anyone other than Chris Pratt, it would be less scrutinized. And DJ Rama S. says, Charles Martinet's Mario is meant for emotions and excitement, not general conversations. Yes. Charles Martinet is in the movie. He's voicing someone else, which is great. He's a very accomplished voice actor. He does a lot of stuff that isn't Mario uh, and also isn't Wario. But, uh, but, you know, so I'm glad that he's involved. But, like, I would not have wanted to listen to his Mario for two hours. And DJ Rama says, also, people are complaining that Mario's accent isn't Brooklyn enough. Evidently, some people think that Mario is a plumber. Uh, in, in, in some instances, Mario is a plumber in some, in some universe. I think the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, yes, they were plumbers, uh, in the real world, but like not every incarnation of Mario is a plumber. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but the animation is really good. Uh, and it looks like they get it. The script writers get it, uh, or at least the people that made the trailer get it. Uh, Bowser looks menacing. They actually, you know, and in Bowser's this character that comes out and j fights on the front line with his soldiers, which is why they fear him. But they're also fighting alongside him because he does not like sit back and let his minions go out and do the work. He actually goes out and, and does the work as well. So, um, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just hope I don't get over inundated with stuff about it. DJ Rama S says uh, that Mario was a carpenter as, and as, as was peach. So uh, nobody's in the green room, and usually we uh, talk to uh, Orange Lounge Radio. Orange Lounge Radio is not going to be going on tonight because Rob and Jamie are at TwitchCon. However, that does not mean that Rob is not going to be here on the show, albeit uh, he's at TwitchCon right now. Uh, TwitchCon's about to close its doors in about two minutes. Uh, so so he, he's at TwitchCon. However... Uh, we have a present from Rob. Rob has uh, has sent us something, and uh, we are going to play it here. Uh, we're going to play the audio here uh, and the video for the people on the Twitch feed. But the video is really just just him him talking. And I I'll say in a little bit what what he's uh, talking about. Uh, now it is going to be a little difficult to hear uh, in with some speaker configurations. Uh, he was he did not have a microphone. He didn't have Bluetooth stuff for his phone, and he's in the middle of a convention hall, so you're going to hear a lot of ambient noise. But I was able to hear him uh, pretty okay. So we're going to play the video, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna see uh, what TwitchCon was like here. Uh, so Rob Roberts in in uh, San Diego. What you got for us?
Hey there, Bobby Blackwolf and Bobby Blackwolf viewers and listeners. It's Rob Roberts, and usually Bobby is good enough to have me on his show at the end of the show to tease what's coming up on Orange Lounge Radio. But there is no Orange Lounge Radio tonight because we are at TwitchCon, Dark Sakura and myself. Loki, sadly not here, probably making more Minecraft YouTube videos, uh, but you can go check that out. So, um, I did want to just show though a little bit of the show floor uh, really fast here because uh, we're doing this in real time. The show actually stops at uh, 6 o'clock Pacific tonight. That's towards the end of Bobby's show, so you get to see a little bit of this uh, before the con's even actually over. And I apologize, we have to be a little bit out of the way right now because uh, you'll notice TwitchCon this year does have the masking requirements as well as making sure everybody's vaccinated or tested. So that's uh, something that's uh, a little unique here for TwitchCon, but we'd like to see the safety precautions for sure. But just showing you a little bit of what's going on and what do you see here at the show floor at TwitchCon. Obviously, I'm here at Sega's booth. I thought Bobby might appreciate a little peek at what's going on there. But you'll notice if Alan kind of pans with me over here to the side, actually notice in some of these rooms a lot of what's happening at TwitchCon is that people are streaming there's lots of little booths where people can stream their content uh, their games games by these particular game makers for example we walked by Xbox's booth earlier and there was a group of people playing Dead by Daylight as a way probably to promote Microsoft Game Pass but then around the rest of the game uh, Expo Hall and I'll just kind of move this way so you can see a little other side of it um, there's just a lot of booths and informational things for streamers, such as software that's designed for streamers or, you know, uh, plugins. We even saw a thing that seemed like it was a dating service. And I, I don't mean like actual dating, but a way to kind of connect like-minded individuals who wanted to party together. I don't remember the name of it, but that's okay because they're not paying us anyway. But anyway, I just wanted to say hello, uh, miss you all this week, but we're having a really good time at TwitchCon. It's been really great to connect with people that we've gotten to know virtually very well during the pandemic. And even though a lot of it has been quick hellos, and that's about all it is, uh, it's still been really great to you know see people in person, give out a lot of those hugs. There's been a lot of hugs, and actually get to interact with uh, some of the folks that really helped carry us through the pandemic. So hello again from TwitchCon. Thanks, Bobby, as always, for having me on in one way or another. Uh, and have a great week, everybody. We'll see you back on Orange Lounge Radio next week live. Thank you so much, Rob, for that. I understand it was a little low. I did not go and try to, like, clean up any of the audio or something. I'm sure there's some audio magic. Somebody more talented than I am with Adobe Audition and Premiere could do, but I didn't, so... Uh, yeah, uh, Dark Disease said, look like a blast from the fix I've seen. S. Jernamat says, I wonder if uh, going to the Sega booth will inspire Rob to finish Yakuza Like a Dragon. He was in front of uh, the Like a Dragon Ishin uh, stand, uh, area with the, the, the trailer playing on the screen there. Uh, and essentially, they were just kind of panning around. Uh, there were some streamer booths, which, uh, like, uh, when I went to Momocon, there were streamer booths there. DreamHack is doing streamer booths. That's kind of a new thing now. Uh, or it's been it's been a thing for a while, but like you can actually sign up and stream from their booths to your Twitch channel, uh, and I know that's a thing that's starting to happen at some other conventions, uh, and and it's a way to promote the conventions and promote yourselves because people can walk by and see you in the in the booth, and they usually like have some kind of LED sign or something that says who you are, so people can watch you on Twitch or follow you and see your stuff. Uh, and then you kind of, you know, and then other side, it's, you know, like a traditional trade show convention hall, you know, with, with companies and stuff trying to sell you things. So, uh, that's, 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 uh, thank you so much for that, uh, for bringing us into TwitchCon when I could not be at TwitchCon this year. 
Uh, hopefully I will be able to go next year and be able to see people. Uh, I do know several people that were at TwitchCon this year, and I hope they had a blast, uh, and that there were some some good panels, some interesting panels uh, going on there. So thank you so much. And uh, Alan Alchemy, uh, who needs uh, he, he, he needs to get his pay doubled. He was the cameraman, did a wonderful job, so whatever he's getting paid, please double it. Uh, said the mask mandate was important, but to get footage on the actual floor, it was an obstacle. And that's the thing that, uh, that, that, uh, that is actually why the whole mask mandate, which I'm, I'm totally fine with, like I wore in 95 masks at Dragon Con, GDQ, MomoCon, you know, whatever, like I'm fine. Uh, I have a bunch of N95 still from, uh, from when I was doing GDQ, but the reason you haven't seen me do anything with the microphone at a convention since 2019 uh, is because it sounds t- it's really difficult to do something like an interview when you're using a microphone like the ones that I have wh- while also wearing a mask. Uh, masks and mics don't really uh, don't really mix. If you have good enough mics, a good enough sound engineer, and a good enough soundboard, you can do things to make it less noticeable, and that's what Games Done Quick does, does where they kind of play with the audio to get rid of a lot of the muffling and the mutedness of wearing a mask, but not all of it. But um, it's, 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 it's not something that a lot of people have the ability to do. So doing things from a convention floor like that still is not really something that's easy to do. So thank you for at least attempting. Uh, and uh, thank you for doing it from the show floor. It was, it was a neat, neat treat when uh, Rob's like, I'm sending you a video. And I was like, awesome, because I'm watching my my soccer team lose the last game of the season in heartbreaking fashion uh, and not making the playoffs. So I was like, yeah, I get a Rob video at the end. So that makes the day better. Zamike 11 says, I'm going to invent a mask mic. I just need some uh, old Sony Walkman headphones and uh, some COVID masks ASAP. Uh, There are masks that people have tried to make masks that have like a microphone inside of them. And then like then it even projects out. Uh, but but there those type of things exist, but then you're coming across like you know the the mask brushing up against your skin, the the microphone brushing up against your skin, and you get the the stuff like that. Uh, so there, there's certain obstacles. They're not insurmountable, but they are obstacles that a lot of people don't think about. So uh, so yeah, so uh, that's it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. So will Orange Lounge Radio. They will also be back. Uh, but tonight, uh, we're going to we're gonna basically fade to black, and then uh, I'll come back and we'll figure out somebody to raid or something. Uh, so, yeah, stay tuned for whatever the post-show stuff is. Uh, or maybe um, we can use it as uh, if, if there's nobody really good to raid immediately. Uh, we can try something. Maybe we can try something here on the feed. So that's going to be only for the people on the stream, uh, but uh, d- not on the podcast. So, but uh, thank you so much. I'm on Twitter at Bobby Blackwolf, Twitch at Bobby Blackwolf. Uh, I'm really close to moving all my stuff to my brand new PC that I finally built everything in. Uh, so maybe I'll stream that No Man's Sky thing from my from my nice 4K PC. Because uh, instead of playing it down in my in my theater, uh, so that would be over at Twitch, Bobby Blackwolf. 
Uh, and also we're on Discord, vognetwork.com slash Discord. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone the show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet, but we would not be able to make this live show work without the help of the chatters that go above and beyond. You being here is all we really ask for. That's all we really need uh, or r- all we really want. Um, need is a very you know huge word to say in this, but thank you so much to Dark Tetsuya who resubscribed. For the 21st month, Dark Tetsi has been with us since, been with Vogue since the beginning and even been with OLR since the beginning, which has been like 17 years. But uh, he's been here with me uh, for, for, for a very, very, very long time uh, since I started a little bit after OLR. But thank you so much for that and the resubscription. So, uh, uh, yeah, so I am going to hit now I'm going to actually hit the button for real and uh, say don't jump into any foam pits. Um, and, uh, and, and take care of yourself and I will see y'all next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.